This is Joseph's story. I felt as if my world fell apart in an instant. We had made plans. Everything was in place. Everything was tickety-boo. It was going to be so good. And then she said those words. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant and you're not the father. Well, I knew that bit fine, all right. She didn't have to tell me that. I knew I wasn't the father. Down our way, traditional morality rules, social conditioning determined that that was one boundary you didn't dare cross. No free love for us then. No sorry. So, cancel the wedding, obviously. All bets were off. Clearly, arrangements that had been arranged were put on hold. And for me... A dozen dreams disintegrated. Mary. Mary of all people, pure, sweet and perfect Mary. And now this. The shame, the stigma, the small town tittle-tattle. It's true what they say. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. So as you might imagine, events found me hurt, angry, devastated. No way back from this one. No way. See, the way we did it back then, engagement, betrothal, it was binding, it was final, it was as good as being married, only everything was held back for a while in order to get things like accommodation, finances, the wedding itself sorted out, the nuts and bolts. The bottom line was, however, that in a real way we were committed to one another, bound to one another. All that would have to go, along with the debris of my dreams, to wax poetical for a moment. Mind you, in spite of the shock, the sense of betrayal, I still loved her. I still loved her. Of course I did. How could I not? So, of course, I I wanted to treat Mary still with a tenderness and a, a consideration What was I, some kind of a monster, some kind of self-righteous jackass? I had to protect her, to save her from public humiliation. Of course, I decided to break off the relationship as social convention required. I must, but to let her down as gently as possible, deal with the situation with as much discretion as possible, to save her blushes, to save her shame to protect her from the sharp tongues. That was hard, given how wounded I felt, given the extent of the hurt, given what happened in the end. I guess it's no surprise that most people forget how it was for me, what it meant for me. I guess no one wonders about Joseph, the forgotten hero of the Christmas narrative, a shadowy figure who's been all but airbrushed out of the story, while Mary, of course... And naturally and understandably takes almost centre stage. I suppose to some extent I was a man locked into the conventions of his time and why would I not be? What's happened in my life, to, to my life, is beyond belief and I had no language, no coping mechanisms, no pat answers to deal with the imminent arrival of this baby coming to our world under circumstances I could neither explain nor comprehend. Utterly gutted by the situation I faced, of course I 
still cared about Mary. And, and what use would my questions and my doubts be if I let my wounded spirit lead to recriminations and hostility? That protectiveness, <laughs> that desire to care for her, whatever the circumstances, never went away. Never went away. Come on, what's love if it's not something like that? There was also something buzzing in my spiritual antennae, tuned in and sensitive. I know you have to embrace truth when it comes to your heart, however impossible it might seem. If it's the truth, you, you have to welcome it, regardless of how inconvenient, unsettling and perplexing it is. And once that truth has addressed your heart, you, you have to respond to it with obedience. When the will of God is clear, you follow it. I know as history has unfolded, much has been made, sometimes even too much, in the church's hit parade of piety, of Mary's humble obedience. And why not? Why not? But somewhere in the story, spare a thought for the obedience of Joseph. Mary's story. Dear Diary. Tuesday, January the 23rd. See my new boyfriend, Joseph. He's really nice. He's really nice. I think we're in love. I think we're very much in love. February the 20th. Big news. Me and Joseph, we decided to get engaged. Yes. But no hanky-panky. Definitely not. Not in our town. Among our people, you just don't, you know. No way, Josie. Thursday, March the 3rd. Today something very odd and kind of wonderful happened to me. An angel appeared to me and told me I was going to have a baby. No, really. Oh, and the angel said that Joseph would not be the father. Well. The angel said that the child would be a gift from God. No, really. Mind you, wait till I tell my parents. Friday, 4th of March. Well, today I told Joseph the big news. He wasn't very pleased. In fact, he was shocked. Actually, at first he was a bit angry, and that's not like him. He was really upset, really upset, said I'd betrayed him. But I told him, hand on heart, Joseph, I have not been untrue. I am yours through and through. Through and through. But the angel had spoken, and though he was a bit odd, the angel, he just had to listen, you know how it is. December the 4th, Friday. We've decided to leave town, get away from all the looks and the stares and the disapproval. We loaded up the donkey and we made for Bethlehem, Joseph's hometown sort of thing. We had to go there anyway to sign up for the census. Postcard home dated 23rd December. Dear Mum and Dad, what a journey. So long and dark and steep and scary and such a little donkey. Snow falling, snow on snow, snow on snow, and me so near to having a baby. Joseph has been really nice about things, patience itself, so he is. Kindness on a stick. I hope all is well with you. Happy Christmas when it comes, your loving daughter Mary, brackets the virgin, smiley face. December the 24th. 
The longer the journey lasted, the closer I got to having the baby. Sometimes I thought it was just going to have to be born right there, right then. But we've made it to the village and we're looking for somewhere to stay the night. December 24th, midnight. Just some final jottings before going to sleep. Now I know how the refugees feel. Unwelcome, slammed doors, critical harsh looks. No room, no room, full up, push off. It was terrible and Joseph was so angry that people could be so unkind and thoughtless and so unfeeling towards me. All I was looking for was somewhere to call home for a little while. We have somehow ended up in a stable. Hard to believe. But with all those people in all those warm houses, it looks like we might end up having our baby in a stable. December 25th. Dear Diary, when we saw him, we didn't care where we were, stable or manger or inn or wherever, just having him was enough. Joseph, kindly understanding, Joseph stood there, patient and wondering and promising to love him and bring him up as if he were his own. Eventually I got to sleep. It had been a long, long journey, a long, long day. I needed to rest. The baby nestled down snug in the hay. The cattle breathed gently. And the stars filled the night sky with light. The Innkeeper's Tale It's so unfair. It's so unfair. Turn away one homeless couple and you become an ogre. Tell one pregnant woman there is no room and you're a pariah for the rest of history. The villain of the piece. Have these people never heard of booking ahead? This is a hotel you can book in advance. Look, think of it from my point of view. The hotel was full, thank you God. Busy time of the year, census in town, everyone coming home for Christmas. Well, no, I made that bit up. But the hotel was heaving, the dining room was packed, every room was taken. Business was, as they say, booming. I decided to have an early night. <laughs> folly upon folly. What chance an early night, that night of all nights, I was up and down like a Frenchman's trousers. First it was the husband, if husband he be, know what I mean. Oh, what a sob story, cold night, far from home, wife about to deliver, blah, blah, blah. Irresponsible, I can tell you, I can tell you from irresponsible. What am I supposed to do, make a room appear, put someone else out of the bed? Now, you may be thinking, a bit harsh, put them in a stable, come on. But listen, it was better than nothing, wasn't it? And kind of cosy in a countrified way. <laughs> Pathetically grateful he was, he knew it was better than nothing. Well, that was that, I thought. Off to bed, breakfasts to attend to in the morning. But that was not that, not by any means. Ding-dong bell, rat-a-tat-tat, the Bethlehem Hilton revolving door. Shepherds looking for a baby. Wide-eyed boys from the country. A bit out of their depth, you know, half asleep by the looks of it. Friends, this is a hotel, not a maternity ward. Try round the back. Off back to bed for me, then. Hold on. Ding-dong bell, rat-a-tat-tat. I don't believe it. I simply don't believe it. More nocturnal visitors. 
in the night time too. <laughs> Queer coves they looked, and not to be meddled with. Yes, says I. My good man. Less of the, my good man, if you don't mind. My good man. Imperious like, you know, a wave of the wrist, used to giving orders. Well, I give the orders around here, actually. Well, usually. They had a don't-mess-with-us air about them. The child. Oh. <laughs> Again. Where is it we have come to pay homage? <laughs> Excuse me, but this is Mr and Mrs Penniless from Nowhere Town in Nowhere and their little baby. Why would these boys from the hood want to pay homage, their words, to that insignificant child? So, where is it? You couldn't stare these boys out. These boys could stare for Ethiopia. Round the back, says I, in the stable. And they gave me that look, you know, the way history has looked at me all those years, like I was to blame, like I'd done a bad thing, like I was supposed to give up my bed or something. They should have booked, I said patiently. It sounds lame now, and it sounded pretty lame then. Anyway, off they went, and I went off to bed. Well, not quite, actually. Curiosity got the better of me. What's all this fuss about? Who is this kid? All the world and their uncles are eager to see. So I popped round the back to see what was going on. I tell you, once you've seen that scene, you never forget it. Mother and child, father hanging about a bit spare, shepherds and distant travellers, cattle, a little weak lamb in the arms of the shepherd boy. It was as if the whole world, the richest and the poorest, those near and those far, had gathered for this moment, this special moment, this sacred moment. I'm no sentimental fool, but... It got to me. It did, it got to me. Anyway, back to work. Just to let you know, I'm not a bad man. They should have booked. <laughs>